Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf. And today we are with Jennifer Harrison, and she is a content creator, entrepreneur. <laughs> and on the side, she's a dancer. Hey. Hi. <laughs> she is the wife of one of my dear friends. And I actually decided today that Michael is Maley's dog father. Because he was the first one in her life, and he's the one who brought her into my life. He loves Maylee. And Maylee loves him. Because he, he's his, her OG. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. And so, how long have you and Michael been married now? It's It's almost two years. And how long have you been together? So, we got together the week of shutdown in 2020. They're a COVID couple. We're a COVID couple. We survived. And then we got married a year later. And then, yeah, on March 15th of 2023 will be our two years. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Things happening in COVID. And I met her last year. Maybe it was around this time. I remember it was cold. It was cold. It had to be. Yeah. I think it was. It was around this time, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You came to a dance show. Mm-hmm. We sat in my car for like three Til hours. Till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like nice. I just literally met this girl and it was like instantly like we like, I don't even know where Michael went. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we just instantly dropped in and bonded. And here we are. Yeah, here we are. And I love you. And I'm so happy that you found him and married him so that we can be friends. Yeah. It's like he knew though, because in that night when we spent the three hours connecting, I didn't hear, like, I usually, I didn't hear from him and I came home and he was like, how was that? I was like, amazing. And he was like, figured. So he was like at home with a beer, just like waiting for us to be done. (laughs) Yeah. He wasn't even like, are you okay? Where are you? Not concerned. It was like two o'clock in the morning by the time we were done. Yeah. (laughs) It was awesome. So Yeah. Jennifer and I have had some amazing conversations through this past, I would say, year, maybe. And we wanted to hop in here together and take some of these conversations and start recording them. Mm-hmm. Because we, I mean, we've already spent an hour talking before <laughs> we put record. <laughs> we had some golden nuggets in there that I know. Just, sorry, you guys missed out on it. Um, yeah, we're, we're diving into the feminine. Yeah, we're diving into the feminine. It's, it's a topic we discussed that we wanted to, uh, to talk about of really both of us, I would say what this past year, Mm -hmm. you feel like you've been leaning more into your feminine. And Mm -hmm. I feel like for you, your relationship has kind of shown you that because her husband is a very masculine, masculine He's very much a dude. He's one of the last standing <laughs> full dude men on the planet, full but not man. like dumb dude. Like not, not like, like not, yeah, yeah like not yeah. bro, like, bleh, you know, like mm-hmm. just like very much like I'm from Texas. I'm a man. I will take care of shit. And he's just a solid anchor rock. Like, I don't think I've ever seen Michael like off kilter. And I even asked him, I called him out in the last sound bath that they came to. Cause I was like, well, everyone's, you know, does all the levels and things, but Michael, Mike, I was like, Michael, do you ever have dark night of the soul? Like, do you ever go through anything? Cause Michael's just this steady, like, I just, I don't even know. Does he get angry? He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. And, and you know what? It's like, so he's such an, an anchor is the perfect way to put it. I am so much fire and so much chaos. So it's like the most perfect 
balance and he's water scorpio's water right mm-hmm. yeah. so it's and it doesn't wash me out because i am so much fire and it's like there's times when my chaos gets really insane and my fire gets a lot and he's like that's enough and i'm like you're right like he's it's not like ever and he's just, and but every once in a while he'll be like you're, yeah you're just pushing a little too far <laughs> but it is really funny in the sound bass because i always bring him with me i get excited to do them and every time it does nothing like really affects the man in yeah. a way that shakes him to his yeah. core because he just has, has this deep wa- wisdom within him uh-huh. that is just it is just that it, it really is and i'll look at him and i'll check into his vibration like across you know and it's like okay this energy is happening over here and this and then you get to michael and it's just like oh, he's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> you feel it on your end too I'm i curious. do <laughs> yeah and then i never like knew if he actually liked it right mm-hmm. like or if he's just coming to like support and then to be with you yeah but then what was so cool is when after your show the other week when he was walking to me to my car and we were with one of your friends and he's like oh you need to come to one of sarah's sound baths and he's going on he's like she just pulls in all this energy and she just pulled it down and he's like saying all these like amazing things i was like wow i by looking at you across the room, I never knew that you, that you felt or <laughs> saw all that. Like amazing. Yeah. He is so aware and clocks all of the details and has and just he's just he's like just this. I don't want to say a vessel because I feel like even a vessel gets like affected by some of those things. I don't even know. Yeah, anchor. He's an anchor. Just an anchor. And like you know, he, and he did talk about that. He does go through dark night of the soul, and he does process his deep stuff, and he does go through the stuff. So he there's just some people i was talking about it with one of my friends on here a few episodes ago i think they're just meant to be on this planet in a certain vibration and frequency to really hold space they're a little bit further along just innately on the path Mm -hmm. of self-mastery and they've came here and incarnated to just really be an anchor and hold the space for others and they're just a beacon of that the way you just said the self-mastery part really tingled in my heart a little bit because it really is like whenever I go through my my journeys and I come out with some kind of conclusion as I'm going through the journey there's never a time when Michael is saying like oh you should do this or whatever but when I come to that conclusion I talk to him about it it's like that's when he really flowers open Mm. and he's able to offer these little these pearls of wisdom that I swear he got in many other lives yeah (laughs) I don't know how you experience that here because then I meet his family and I love his family but nowhere even baseline close to the evolution and the man has like gone through the trenches and done the work to to kind of be at baseline where he is but Mm -hmm. it just it does feel very different it feels like he's pulling from a lot of different lives yeah because i don't know like a ton of his life but just knowing the little bits that i know and meeting him in minneapolis and he just like owned a house there like down the street from where i grew up actually which was weird (laughs) and like in the suburbs you know Mm -hmm. and it just it just seems like his life has just kind of been this like I don't want to say like anticlimactic, but it's like, it just seems just very even keeled is what I want to say. Like this, just this like flowing river. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know about his childhood. So I don't know if he has a lot of stuff and trauma coming from there or anything, but I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, it, it could be like these things that were learned from him being a monk on the mountain or something in a past life. Yeah. That seems pretty fair. And then kind of tweaked it in this life, going through some 
programs that he's went through and some things. Yeah. The program, I think, I think, I don't know. And you, you can say this is like self-work too, that he's done a couple programs and seminars that you, you go and you pretty much, the program is like a, a pressure cooker and it brings all the stuff up to the surface. And so I think a lot of those things that come up to the surface, I went through the same thing. It's really just like, you're just going through the muck and showing who you really are inside so like he's always just been like this like wise man on the mock he just had to like get through the what are, what am i saying like the layers yeah the layers just but it's and like the programs layers. i mean because like we when we come in here like despite the wisdom right and we all have it is like we're just so layered with programming mm-hmm. programming from our parents programs programming from societal programs programming from friendship you know what i mean we're just yeah. we're we come as these open little just free vessels and then it's just like (laughs) just caking on the fucking mud of shit that was never ours yeah right and then it's like this whole process of like chiseling that off to get back to your true essence and being right it's so funny that like the older we get we're really just trying to get back to to our our purest self like our childish baby self of like just like flailing around with all of our emotions and like experiencing life from these beautiful eyes Mm -hmm. and just like everything and wonderment and excitement and play yeah yeah i always i wish that there was a program that we could just look back i know we do the work and we can look back at that moment that that thing happened or like that trauma Mm -hmm. but i wish there was just like a screen you could watch and be like what was the moment when the world ruined me you know or like jaded me (laughs) what was that moment right all of that wonder like you're watching a movie and you can pick it out on the movie and then they're like oh and then this person said this one thing and it changed my life forever (laughs) and i'm like always looking for the one thing that like i'm like this is it yeah, it was that statement and that look, and then and it's like it didn't happen, right? It's just right. part of a thing. It's not as climactic. So it, yeah, I don't know if there's the one moment. I, you know, you're absolutely right. This came up recently. I I spent time with my family, and we talked about this. And my sister is, um, she's a lot of chaos for a lot of reasons. She has a lot of disabilities, and and kind of growing up with that was a lot. And I've been going to therapy for a couple of years. After this trip, for it was like a couple of weeks ago, I had a week with my sister and I came back and I saw my therapist and I started talking about my sister and my therapist was like, we've been talking for years and you have never talked about your sister. And I was just like, yeah, because it's just like what I lived with and blah, blah, blah. And for weeks, I was just like this, I was a mess because I didn't realize how much her behavior affected my life in a way where why I have this program of like, when things go chaotic, I have to control everything. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was like, oh, it's probably my dance training. Oh, it's probably my parents. But two weeks ago, I'm like, oh yeah, my sister who was every day was complete chaos. And that just, it it just to um, support what you're saying. It wasn't one event. That was like my entire life of dealing with that until I left home. Uh (laughs) And I'm just realizing this now after years of therapy and programs of being like, oh yeah, I have that program where chaos is not my thing. And I wonder why, like, (laughs) it was, yeah, it's pretty profound. That's really interesting (laughs) because with, you know, the disabilities and stuff, right. You, you wouldn't look at that because you also, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you, we give, and I'm speaking from a place of experience, like leeway to the disability. You don't want to, what are the words I'm looking for? Like they're already disabled. So then you feel like an asshole if you're going to add to 
how how do I explain it? No, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. So like my yes. mother has a slight case of cerebral palsy, okay. right? And she's really unsteady on her feet. And she there's just a lot that has come through this. Mm-hmm. And she's a really kind, gentle soul. Mm-hmm. Because of all this, it has made me not be able to express or I don't want to hurt her or I don't want to add or I feel like I'm an asshole if I say things or am not okay about things. And so I had to internalize and not speak up because I didn't want to hurt this person. And it's like, I was, I was, I wasn't taking care of myself for the need of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that her need was greater than my need Mm -hmm. and being a mother and, and she's my mother on top of it. Right. So I think disability in the family is an interesting aspect because it, I don't really know how to fully put it in words. No, I'm I'm with you on that because that's what I'm kind of going through now in my relationship with my sister. I felt like I've never been able to, it's always just been like, she's special. Mm -hmm. It's okay. She gets a pass. Like she can, she can physically hurt me or she can say things and I, and put me through this emotional roller coaster, but it's because she's special. So like, I shouldn't feel mad. I shouldn't be, mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't. Um, you, your feelings aren't valid in this situation. I not valid. Right. And then I, I think after this trip that I had with her recently is that I just felt so much guilt because I was so angry with her. Like every time I talk to her, every time I see her, I'm just angry because I wish she would take care of herself or wish or whatever. But at the end of the day, the way her disabilities are, she really doesn't have the capacity to do the self-work that a lot of us dive into it it, just because of the way her brain and her IQ is. So I, I, I hold this expectation. And when she doesn't meet that expectation, I'm mad. And then I'm, I feel guilty because I'm mad at my special sister. And then I just hate myself. Yeah. Cause then then I'm an asshole. So yes, full circle what you're saying. Can I offer you something that you might also be mad at? Yes. And I'm not telling you, you are, I'm just telling you to look at it. Yes. It's not even about her. Uh-huh. What you're mad at is still that your feelings aren't valid. Oh, you in this situation, you're mad that your feelings constantly aren't valid. It's not really about her changing. It's that in this dynamic, you don't get to be our, your authentic self. You don't get to be in your truth. Oh my gosh. It's so real. It, that's, that's, that's really, that really holds true because never in a conversation that I have with her or an interaction with her, am I being my authentic self? I'm mm-hmm. always just like, I don't know, I just like click into this, like not even goblin mode, but this like machine where I'm just angry and these things mm-hmm. come. I would never, ever talk to people like how I talk to my sister and not that I'm like, what I'm saying is cruel, but it's just like, I just click in this mode where I want to save her and I want to help her and I want to talk at her, but like, nobody wants to be spoken to like that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I can't put it down with her. And I actually, I had this healing moment recently where like you're saying, cause I never feel like my feelings are valid or what I'm saying matters. Or your needs are met in this dynamic, right? It's right. all about her. It can never be about you. I never. mean, uh, and any of this, correct me if I'm wrong. It's just like, from what I'm, so those resentments Mm-hmm. start building up right yeah. you just want her to be normal yes. so she can be a normal sister yes so she can evolve and she can meet you and meet your needs of what yeah. you need in this dynamic instead of you always having to play this role yeah right so it's like a lot of times it is at the end of the day of like us being put in situations where we don't get to be 
us and we don't get to be validated and we don't get to be seen and heard and express. Yeah. That's really where resistance comes in, mm-hmm. isn't it? When you're not being your authentic self and any, you can, and you can plug and play. And you don't anywhere. get to say like, Hey, you're, you're being shitty right now. Like yeah. you don't get to say these things of like, that's not, I don't want to be spoken to that way, or I don't want to be treated that way. Or I need, I blew up at my cabin with my family a couple summers ago because no one let me have a voice Mm -hmm. and all the decisions they were making, they routed me out of it. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was put back into being a child and no one cared that I was in this room. And finally, I just like lost my shit on everyone for the first time in my life. I was like, I'm a 40 year old woman and I'm in this cabin. I'm an adult. I just got turned back into being like, oh, Sarah's just quiet in the corner. And I was like, and if you guys ever treat me like this again, I'm never coming back here with you people. Like, this is like ridiculous. I love that you you have that moment with your family. Like, I feel like when you're going on this journey, everyone has some kind of moment like that with their family and their family is like, no, they literally, they're all their eyes just like <laughs> wide and open. And they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Totally. And like literally every single one of them started treating me different after that. And it's like, yeah. wow, is that I had to like blow the fucking gasket on this place to like hear me roar. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I feel like I, I don't know. I just, I look at other people and maybe sometimes I give people too much credit of like, we're getting older, we're evolving. We just by naturally treat each other different. And we by naturally go into different situations different and we're too old to be. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like we, like we just grow and they're you're like holding people capable and they're maybe yeah. not there. And really what you're doing is gaslighting them into evolution. <laughs> you're like, we're growing, right? Oh my God. We're all evolving. We feel the spirit and everyone's like, like most people are like, I don't know. <laughs> that is the best <laughs> phrase ever. I am constantly gaslighting people into evolution. And it, I'm is so, it, is it me? Is it my mother? <laughs> you know, I'm so mad when they don't get there. I'm like, yeah, we have moved way beyond this. Like, yeah. Where? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm offended. And they're just like in resistance. They're, they're they just like, I don't want to. Yeah, they're yeah. they're on their own path. And I'm like, but I, so like, we have gone so far. Like <laughs> we have, and they're, we, like, and they're like, we're, we didn't anything. And I'm like, oh, it is, it is. I think it is. Okay. Not to make him sound like, a, not to sound like a victim, but it, I think as we, like when you start doing the work and you start evolving and other people around you are not, are not of that process or like, what no matter what age they are they could be older they could be whatever it it does get kind of isolating because you realize how much you really you really are alone in your own journey you really are and i fucking hate that <laughs> it is it is rough it is rough i actually so i went onto the woods and like faced myself and this, we're we're gonna go into the feminine soon we really are we're gonna get we're, there but um we're on a journey we're on a journey to get there <laughs> this is a part of the feminine the flow and like it really is to see the, the surrender shoes. yeah mm-hmm. the surrender <laughs> But I went and um, I went into the woods and I, I always had this feeling like I was alone and that tr- troubled me through my life, like having a sister who was much older than me with disabilities and having a brother who's nine years older and being the, whatever, like all the things that the family programs, mm-hmm. I always had a feeling like I was alone, but I had this moment in the woods where I realized like I am alone in my journey and that's not bad. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not that it didn't feel like loneliness coming to that conclusion. It felt like, no, you really are alone in your own 
journey, your growth and, mm-hmm. and how you decide to to take that path. But you don't have to be lonely. I guess that's a right. difference. You are alone, but you don't have to be lonely. Right. And what we're just saying of like, when you do, you really do focus on um, self-mastery. That's, it's not a lot of people. Not a lot of people. Tap into that. And that's, that's the part that can feel lonely, especially when you start growing out of places and spaces and people during that growth process. And even going from like, like one area to another, you have that time in between sometimes that is like the transitional period where until you find your next tribe or your next group or your next who you are in that next level mm-hmm. is that's the part that can get really lonely because you you're you haven't fully gone into the vibration to fully bring in the next community and but you know you know you no longer are resonating with your old friends and mm-hmm. there's like the the loss in that and yes. the grief because you have to leave them behind and you're trying to sit there and you're like, I'm, I just, I find no relation to this. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of feel like an asshole, but I'm not trying to feel above. I just, this isn't nourishing to me. It's not filling me up and we're not even having the same conversation. And I can't lower myself anymore to be in a space that I've outgrown. Yeah. And so there's so much in that period, in that space of going from one place to the next where it's like traveling across country, like the in-between cities when it's the flat land and it's like a silo and there isn't mm-hmm. shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> there might be one cow, just the one, just the one. <laughs> and there's nowhere to pee because there's no gas station. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, that's that moment until you arrive to the next city. Yeah. But I think a lot of people get scared to walk the path to self-mastery or to their evolution or whatever, because of those moments where it's desolate yeah but that's a rite of passage you have to go through the desolation to get to the next city yeah and I've definitely been in those spaces and even this past year was a different type of like desolation for me as I had my people community around me but I was in the transition of going from one self to an, a new self. But mm-hmm. luckily I had people in my resonance around, mm-hmm. but my path was still extremely alone to walk through it. Yes. Yeah. And it can be scary. Yeah. In the loneliness. And if you're in a partnership mm-hmm. and they don't want to come, there's a whole other dynamic. If you are linked with someone in that way and where what are those dynamics like luckily for you you have someone who values self-growth and evolution and so it can help you continue not no matter where you want to go on your journey Mm -hmm. you have someone who's might already be there or is going to I don't even think follow I think just keep matching you where you're going absolutely that was actually something a part of our vows when we got married was um, you know, people say through thick and through thin, but like, we're like, let's be very clear what that means. Mm-hmm. Because if you stop doing the work or I stop doing the work, I stop t- taking care of my health, my mental health and all the things, then there's, there's a line there. Like, mm-hmm. yes, we're in it to win it marriage for life, mm-hmm. but like, we can't be giving up on ourselves. Are we, I think that we're our strongest together when we're both working on ourselves individually and we come together. And I think that's the good plug and play across the board for mm-hmm. relationships. And, and it teeters, there's, there's always finding a balance, but yeah. It, I, I've noticed recently is like 
when I go through these extreme changes of like going to these seminars and like being out in the woods and finding myself and I come back and I come with this hyper energy with Michael and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you evolving? And and he is already evolved in some ways. Yeah. Um, and so I'll project that onto him and I'm uh-huh. like, but don't you want to give all of our money to charity now? Don't you want to <laughs> like I get in these extremes and thank, don't you want to sell everything we own and go be monks on top of a mountain again? He's like, no, I did that last, last lifetime. You're like, but <laughs> totally and also that's how my brain works i go in these extremes and like thankfully he has the wisdom and and, and the awareness to understand that's how i work too so he like lets me do this and he just kind of like holds the space and then yeah. i come down back to earth yeah. right um and and he's just in lo- the corner sipping a coffee like okay you're back <laughs> totally and also exhausted like the man is exhausted when i go in these highs and he doesn't ever make me feel like i'm too much but he's tired and i get it and like but then i come down but then he does stuff like like recently he's, he'll go on these, um, this like podcast journey for something specific and then come back with more pearls of wisdom. And I'm like, Oh, when did you start doing that? Or like he started a new routine with Ajax, our dog, where he wakes up every morning at seven and he has connection time with him and they go walk and they do the thing. And that wasn't always a regular routine. So mm-hmm. like without my influence, he does that. And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. When I just let him be him, that's when we are just, but yeah, just back to partnership. And you're saying, I do want to go back for a second, you were talking about in the, this piece of desolation mm-hmm. loss. And as you're saying, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I feel that the mourning of your past self or like the, pa- mm-hmm. the the communities of people that you surrounded yourself with is rough. Even though your body knows that you, you no longer need to be a part of that, part of those people um, that you maybe grew up with or something. Like I had a group of friends before I got married that I grew up with and they were like, my people. Mm-hmm. I would always show up for them no matter where they were in the world. And I love them with every fiber of my being. And there was this moment when Michael was like, when was the last time that they showed up for you? And mm-hmm. I, cause I was like, cause I just hadn't seen them in so long and, and they didn't come to our wedding. It was like a lot of them. It was just like a lot of really emotional things. And like three times in my first year with Michael, I was like crying in his arms over these friends. And so mm-hmm. like by the third time, he kind of was like, well, when have they showed up for you? And I was like, well, um, you know, I just like, like, I just was so took about, and I, I really, I think it took me like a year to really mourn the loss of those friendships. And I still love them from afar, but mm-hmm. that was the first time I ever felt what you were talking about. Like the loss, that was the first like big bit of growth, I guess I've done where I was just like tossed aside a community, not tossed aside, but yeah, know, like had to really let go of some people. And like depression comes in a lot of times as where we're hanging on to these parts of ourselves in these places and spaces that we don't belong, that we've outgrown. But yeah, you don't want to let go because it, it really is painful, yeah. the letting go. And and what's crazy though, sometimes, I mean, you know, they say life is short, but I actually believe life is long and you don't know down the road in like 10 years, all this shit could happen. Their lives could change. They have this, that come in, like- and you could run back into them and you've grown and you've matured and you've been kicked around a little and they've had their experiences where then you do drop back in with each other mm. on a totally different space and yeah. area. Right. Yeah. And I've had that. And I'm like, wow, weird. Like people coming back from the past, especially in Minnesota, back into my life. And there's been long separation or even if I see them like I just there's no relation here Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden there's like this like oh my god I can't wait to be around them again or see them again so Mm -hmm. 
in where I'm originally from in Northern Minnesota is tiny town. I've known these people my entire life. Mm -hmm. And there was some time when I moved out to LA and around all this different influence and they're doing their thing. And I would go and I would just feel like, I don't really feel this like connection, but they're my lifelong friends. And Mm -hmm. then I wouldn't prioritize like going up there. So I didn't go up there for like eight years. And then I went back up to say goodbye to my grandfather before he passed. And I sat with them and we all had grown in different ways, but were grown to a place where we found such like a common ground again. Cool. And now I'm like, I need to see my friends every year. Like I love their children. I love their husbands. I love being a part of their lives. And it, we had to go out and not, you know, in our worlds and then when it was the right time like it was like spirit brought us back but we because we have this history it's like this really deep nourishment of yeah. like family and deep friends so you never know right yeah like you and sometimes yeah. we have to say goodbye now but that doesn't mean forever it means for now so we even have space to grow right yeah so we can solidify this new being and then if they do come back around we get to show up I think the hardest space to do that with is with family. And that will be our constant test if to reflect back to you, your growth. And for me, when I went to my grandmother's funeral a few weeks ago, that was such a test and a display of from doing the work, from the growth, I actually could see how I did actually show up as a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And they, no one was projecting me onto me. And so I didn't have to fight to override old projections. Yeah. And I got to just walk into the space and be evolved me. Just be. Mm-hmm. To just be. And I just awesome. be. And some drama went down and some this. And like, I just, normally I would probably try to, ins- and I'm like, <laughs> have at her guys. You're just like in the corner. I'm just like- over here. You know, you know, just like I'm not even gonna gaslight evolve you guys. I'm just gonna sit here. That's the takeaway from today, right? How are you gaslighting, gaslight evolving people? (laughs) I know that might be the name of this one. Oh, yeah, I love that state of being is something really special, isn't it? Because something about family, like they fuck you up, man. They really like. I I think this last time seeing my family was the first time. I didn't completely resort back to old ways because I used to be really emotional and volatile. I am so really emotional, but not necessarily volatile because I don't have so much pent up anger and rage. Um, so it was nice to be around the family and like exactly like you're saying, like stuff, like some stuff would creep in and I'd be mm-hmm. like, mm, that doesn't like just like feel that it doesn't serve me. And I and I did feel like people approached me differently. Like I felt like my brother is nine years older than me, and him and I had these incredible vulnerable late night talks that we have never had before my brother has never been at like I feel like I've never been safe enough for people to open up to me mm-hmm. and so there is that on the back end too like as we evolve as much as we there's relationships that we let go and then mm-hmm. it's really beautiful how if they do come back together and how you're describing there's also revisiting old relationships like I have a, a girlfriend who we've had a bit of a tumultuous friendship but I realized recently it's been because of me like mm. I've just resented the fuck out of this woman wow. and been, I mean, not just been so jealous of her for years. And I didn't feel like jealousy was like one of my 
traits, like traits. Mm -hmm. But with this person, it's when I hang out with fun, them. when they come in to show you that part of yourself that yes. you like, I'm like, I'm not a jealous person. Oh, I had someone same thing, bring two people actually. And then and really up. bring it up this like, what the fuck? I'm never jealous. Totally. What is this? And so you're in the setting too. And you're just like, why is my insides? Like, I'm just like, like what? Like so mad at everything this person is doing, yeah. but I'm so jealous. Yeah. I mean, and for years it was, it was that being around this person, but recently I was around her and I was like, oh, she's not this awful person that I painted. I've just been jealous of every aspect of her life. And if anything, we're, our relationship is now teetered to like, she had a low and I'm a little more involved and I'm, a, I'm able to be like this, this little bit of wisdom for her. I'm able to like, because I now value myself more, I'm able to contribute that value. And I do feel valued and respected mm -hmm. in that situation. But I realized that I've always actually been valued and respected, but I was not involved. And I was just living in my resentments and jealousy every time I was around this person. So like just there's the morning and then letting go. And then the, like the revisiting has been fun too for those things. I'm like, huh, why have I stayed in touch with this person for so long if I've like hated them for so right, long? Right. But then I realized like, oh no, no, no. I just hated myself for so long and I feel better now and we're great. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that works? And they are just there to be this mirror, if you want to call it, or just this piece to for you to allow yourself their holding of certain space for you to bounce this off of to grow through it right they're just playing their part of this human mm -hmm. to be you to be jealous so you can work through all of that aspect of yourself mm -hmm. i've actually in my gaslighting evolution because I just believe everyone should be just always ahead of where they are always I'm really offended when they're not that's just the name of this podcast <laughs> it really is <laughs> we've solidified that I forget that when people are projecting things at me or doing things I get so fucking offended and I take it so personally and I'm like what the fuck is wrong with them they should be more spiritually evolved or they pose themselves at this this spiritually evolved person and they're a teacher and why are they fucking acting like this to me mm -hmm. when I'm completely disregarding their humanness and that they're actually just showing me part of an insecurity mm -hmm. or that maybe they look up to me and I'm thinking that, oh, they're trying to squash me. They're trying to put me down They're, you know, and it's like, no, they're actually just showing them a part of that, their shadow to me. Mm -hmm. That's a part of their vulnerability or their like Achilles heel or something, right? Like, like calm the fuck down, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you so mad that they're having this moment? of like non-evolvedness. But that's such an evolved level of compassion and how could spirit ask us to have that all the time? I mean, I get it. No, no, I said we should, sorry, spirit, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but, how but can we know, have that all the time? Do we have to have that all the time? But no, the, I mean, that's really beautiful. That's beautiful that, that you have the wisdom to see what it is after the fact. And well, I have to really like sit and, and reel back and mm -hmm. be like, okay, let's give compassion towards the situation. Mm -hmm. Get out of your narcissistic tendency towards the situation. Because I don't mm -hmm. think narcissism is a straight line across the board. I think we just come into narcissistic ten tendencies, right? And that's from our own wounding and stuff that I'm clearly still walking through and trying to like 
build up. I have had a lot of people come on my path and squash me and try to mount me and try to like override me. And so I just was like, okay, I'll just go sit quiet in the corner over here because I don't want to be alpha on, you know, if you want alpha, go have it. I'm just going to, and they're like, no, but we see that you're alpha and we can smell it out on you. So even though you're sitting in the corner, we're going to come bark at you. And I'm like, I'm fucking sitting in my corner. Like you can have it, take it. Yeah. And like, then there's this whole like energetic, like power struggle that's happening. And I'm like, I'm so tired. I don't even want to play. I know. I can't even play. You feel and then I finally like, I'm fucking alpha. What? Go sit in the fucking corner. <laughs> reluctant alpha until yeah (laughs) and then I think the teaching is that is like Sarah fucking you need to just stand in your power straight away and if they have a problem with that or there's resistance like you need to be a Michael (laughs) you know Michael oh Michael he's our new like you know what's fun spirit animal Michael is Michael is our spirit animal truly I am amazed by like the amount of work that I've done in the past couple years I'm amazed that this man even wanted to be with me in the first place because as you mentioned he's really masculine right and this is how you and I connected we both talked about how we used to be so in our masculine all the time and you had to had to when you moved to LA as a woman when you're young how old were you when you moved here Oh my gosh. What was I like? I think I was 21. No, 23. I was 23. Okay. And you're in your early 31. 31. I moved here when I was originally 19, went home for a minute, came back at 20. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah. But it's so counterproductive to this essence that we are is the feminine, but go into what you were saying about well, just to support what you're saying with LA, like I feel like in LA, no matter what job or career you are, everywhere you go, you have to be like, here's my dick. Here's my fucking dick. And literally- I And my dick's a big one, okay? It's a big dick. It's a big old <laughs> dick. And it's seriously like, I would walk in castings and this guy gave me advice one time and he was like, yeah, you just have to walk in there and you walk like you got a big dick. And so I carried that with me for years, but it never felt good. No, it never, it never felt, felt good. good. And then you just kind of like must- And I didn't want to show my dick. No. I didn't want to show my dick. It's really my dick. Want to my do dick. It. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it wasn't public. It wasn't a shared dick. It wasn't a shared dick. Yeah. So I just was like, I love that you said that because it actually makes me, I feel like I can have more compassion for myself for being somewhat masculine. But I thought growing up, talk about programs, I thought success was my dad, who was very, like, mm-hmm. I would say, like, I hate throwing around toxic masculinity, but he's like, he's very machismo and everything was all black and everything was like, how cool is my jacket and how nice is my car? And like, I show up and you're afraid of me. That's mm-hmm. what he carried with him. So I thought I had to be that, but it doesn't work when you're, well, one, he's a man, I'm a woman. There's a big difference there. And it just didn't work. So, well, and that structure is an old paradigm as well. That's like not going into, that's very much the patriarchal programming. And we're actually moving out of that anyway. So even the men that are stuck in that dynamic to that degree, mm-hmm. um, that is being starting to fall away. Cause that's, that toxic masculinity isn't healthy as either mm-hmm. they're not also in their masculine they're in their wounded masculine totally. that goes against them right yes. so they're in their wounded masculine we're in our wounded feminine we're trying to be masculine when we're not masculine we're meant to be in our feminine so things aren't working out in our lives the way they should be because we're not in our right energy mm-hmm. right and then we're not connecting with significant others and holding the space for them to be in their proper masculinity right being that we're 
feminine energy. And the whole thing is just this big combobulated of a clusterfuck that has gotten completely out of control. Clusterfuck indeed. And there, I think there always has to be some kind of, we all have masculine and feminine as right. And there's always finding the balance of Mm -hmm. finding what's more authentic to you. And so it's just, it's really, it gets really muddled. And it's really, it's a play too. It's like, okay, sometimes you're going to need to be in more of your masculine and sometimes you're going to need to be more in your feminine. But also if you haven't been running off of your feminine for so long, I didn't even, when I started to look at, I had a healer that was like, you need to step fully in your, your feminine. And what that looks like is surrendering and receiving. And I didn't know how to receive. Yeah. I really felt like I needed to go out, make all the money, hustle my fucking ass off. No one's paying for me. No one's doing things for me. I'm doing it all on my own. And I worked myself to such, and there was no room, like in my marriage, he wasn't strong in his masculine, but he had moments, but he really couldn't take the fucking reins. Right. Mm. So I think that's why also his drinking got worse because obviously he was running from something. And I think the responsibility or the fully, or maybe he just didn't know how, and I was in a wounded place. I couldn't hold space for him to find it any longer. Mm-hmm. And I think he got scared on a number of levels, but he lacked in finding that space to step in the masculine. And I needed a masculine. Yeah, I was on the edge of my bed, I'd wake up in the morning with my hands and fists, my teeth clenched, I actually broke a tooth. Mm -hmm. And I was just so stressed out beyond belief. I started having uh, autoimmune stuff Mm. happening in my body. And it was because I was having now in a partnership to stay in an energy that wasn't an energy that was nourishing to my innate being. Your body is just and I was trying to have him take that masculine point and he wouldn't take it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm uh, life spirit has thrown me to be thrown me so fucking hard on the ground of like, you are going to surrender. You are going to receive whether you fucking like it or not. And this year has been a big unhooking and it's almost like been just like smashed, smashed in my face of like, you have to receive. And that for me has came in the form of money and finances Mm. is that I was taken out of that masculine role of going and hitting the pavement and overworking myself and hustling. They're like, you're, you're done hustling. The hustle's over you need to sit in your soft feminine and allow things to come to you. And that's been the hardest fucking lesson. I mean, it's just years of rewiring that masculine years. And so, and, and I think just to be receiving is so huge in the feminine energy and in the masculine energy, it's about like doing a B C structure. And a lot of times in the masculine energy, when you're going through something, you hide from the world, you figure it out, you're in the tunnel, I I call it. And then you come out of it and then you're like this, like, this is what you do. Well, the feminine is so, there's so much like mess. I don't want to say messy in like a bad way, but there's, there's receiving and we, we have to talk things out. Like the mm-hmm. feminine energy has to talk things out. To there's emotion the that has to move. Yes. Right? It's a lot of movement. Even mm-hmm. you say like in, in feminine energy, the word like dancing comes up because you're, you dance with the thoughts, you dance with the words and you come to, there's like this flirtatious. Isn't that interesting? 
being a dancer. Mm -hmm. So as much as you threw yourself in the masculine, I was a grew up dancing as well. Mm -hmm. We still subconsciously were drawn to these things to keep us anchored somewhat into the feminine to keep that feminine movement going. Yes. So we couldn't go too far. Yeah. That's been interesting because I made dance a career um, before I became a content creator. It's been interesting navigating that. Like what I, I think for years, I always questioned like why I wasn't as successful in this idea of my mind of what success is for dance. And I am able to reflect now and be like, wow, because I was in my masculines for so much of it. And the moments when I was in my feminine, that was when I booked these jobs. Mm -hmm. And even now, like I grew up being, I was classically trained. And I remember my ballet teacher saying like, like you need to be more feminine. Like your mom is so feminine. And, and I'd be like, but my mom, the way I grew up with my mom is that she was such a submissive. She wouldn't speak up for herself. She wouldn't, she, there, mm -hmm. she like let people walk all over. And that's also not feminine. That's a human. Mm -mm. Thing. That's, that's like a wounded feminine. That's toxic femininity. Totally. Same thing that I've witnessed. And so I would look at that as weak. So yes. I didn't want to be weak. I had a brother mm -hmm. who kicked my ass all the time for being emotional and for being whatever. Mm -hmm. So I had to grow a dick and man up. Yeah. right? Just to survive and to not be weak. So like, I also couldn't get in a relationship where someone would take care of me because I looked at that as weakness. Yeah. Then they had power over me. Totally. And I was not going to fucking submit. I think part of the reason why I don't cook is because I looked at that as being too much of a submissive feminine thing. And so I wanted to have nothing to do with it. So I just convinced myself I hated it. And so that's like, that's unfortunate. And our teachings as women our programs as women that that's considered feminine because mm -hmm. it's not it's, it's not it's there's not many sufficient. like why are there so many like celebrity chefs that are male <laughs> right like there's no, hardly any celebrity chefs that are female but yet we're meant to be barefoot and pregnant <laughs> in the kitchen and that's our role in the kitchen, exactly. <laughs> it's a good like what i'm so confused yeah. I mean, it, it's rough. I actually, I read this book that it was, it was talking about like the, the dynamic of, of um, masculine and feminine and men and women. And when I wasn't on the journey of the feminine path, I read it and I wanted to throw it across the room all the time because it pretty much talked about that is like this woman telling a story about how like she needed to serve her husband and be a submissive. And like, it was, set, I, I know, <laughs> and it was set in the, in the time it was set in world war two, where it was like, okay, the men went off to the war and mm -hmm. we worked and then they came back and she was like, and I just gave him his job back and I was fine being in the kitchen. And I was like, how in the fuck? How did you go from being like, like being empowered for the first time in fucking history where you're working on, you're like Rosie the Riveter, you're out there doing a the thing. And then he comes back from the war and you're like, yeah, it's okay. I'm just this. But I was coming at it from a masculine lens and thinking that feminine was submissive. And she basically was saying submit, but then I actually started applying those principles into our household and like Michael being very masculine. Again, I'm like shocked that he was still with me for being so in my masculine all the time. And I started sitting in the feminine and holy shit that I feel empowered and so much more balance and flow. Mm -hmm. The only thing Michael ever asked for is peace in the home. That's what he wants. And that in those moments when I'm tapping into the feminine and being not a submissive in a bad lens, but just like not needing to fight for my power every two seconds. Cause at the end of the day, I'm not going to fucking win that battle either. No, I am not going to beat my husband in being a masculine 
yeah. and mask. So You're like, really not. No, never. Yeah. What is, yeah. We got to just bring him on here. He literally just needs to stand here and y'all. He, yeah. yeah he's like, he'll just be in the background <laughs> with his fucking cowboy boots and coming. Yeah. And he'll just sit there. <laughs> he won't even like actually change his expression. No. <laughs> He would be so unfazed by anything, but, but that's the thing. Like I was furious with the book, but then thinking back on it, I want everyone to read it, but you can only digest it. If you are in the understanding that being a submissive or being a feminine is not being a doormat and it's not being, yeah. And it's also not being submissive in that, in that context. Right. Yeah. When you were talking about it, what came to me was of this book and that whole thing. I mean, did you see that visceral reaction that happened to me in that context of serving her husband, right? When it's put in that patriarchal programming of what it looks like, then what it actually is. I enjoy running my home. I enjoy, I had to like really sit with that and like, I enjoy like there's aspects of my home. I don't mind cleaning it. It brings me joy to see things clean. Yeah. I like to decorate it. I like the expression of it. I like the nest of it, right? When I really love someone and I'm in something, when you're in a dynamic with something, when you, when it's an equal give and take and everyone's bringing what they bring to the table. So let's say I had a bigger home with some children and some animals and some things, and he's the one out in the world doing the job that, quite frankly, at this point in my life, I don't want to fucking do that part. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I have nothing in me to go back to the third dimensional world and grind. Okay. I'm really receptive right now to someone coming in my life and they're like, you know what, honey, I got it. I'm going to go fucking grind out there. And all you got to do is create and make the home beautiful. Order out. Maybe you'll learn to cook yeah. or you'll like it. I can cook. I just, I, it makes me angry. <laughs> and, you know, and there's a respect and there's an honor. But the way we see it is there's no respect. There's no honor. It's a duty. And you're just going to fucking do it, whether you like it or not. When it's a choice and there's an honor in the choice and everyone's in the same agreement of how this, like, structure is going to go and the goals and the things and respect and honor and respect and honor and respect and honor and respect and honor on both fucking sides. Yeah. Because it's respect and honor for them going out and fucking grinding mm -hmm. that maybe when they come home, they need a minute to decompress. Right. Yeah. It's a respect and honor. You're helping this spaceship continue to happen uh, from the outside and I'm helping the spaceship continue to happen from the inside mm -hmm. and respecting and honor each one that we chose these roles in this moment. I'm not submitting in a toxic way and you're not alphaing in a toxic way. Right. And we have an agreement of how this is going to work. If someone would like to come into my life right now and take that role, I would be so fucking we're blessed receiving, and happy. We're I'm receiving, receiving. We're receiving. I'm receiving. And I just want to continue to do what I love. <laughs> and I want to just receive and like have a moment where I'm just fully fucking taken care of. And is that the fucking worst thing in the world? And really from where I sit now and what I've gone through and what I've noticed and how much I've evolved, it actually is not. Right. because we're not meant to be in our fucking masculine energy all the time it is not innately in us it is burnout 
Yeah. It is not healthy. We are here to nurture, to create, to be in the flow. We're not meant to nine to five, nine to five, alarm, alarm, alarm. Men are meant to go out nine to five, not for anybody either. That needs to fucking go away. But you see what I'm saying? They're meant to go out and build. We're meant to nurture and create together. We come together and work as a team. I want a fucking teammate, a teammate that gets it, that gets the energy balance because sometimes they need to go into their feminine and we need to go into the masculine. And when we're nourished, when we're nourishing each other properly, we're going to have the energy and the drive to then when those moments, let's say Michael breaks his leg, Mm -hmm. right? You need to step more in your masculine to keep the the thing going, right? Because he's going to be, or has a surgery, right? In the bed, you know what I mean? And then that's fine. Like, then we take those roles, right? Then he's now in his feminine receiving and you're in the masculine holding the fort down, right? Yes. But it's these unbalanced, these programming, how television and stories have furthered that programming then the woman just needs to be like this and the man just needs to be like this and everyone's fucking unhappy in it and people think that like this balance that you're talking about like the receiving and like the honor and the respect and the honor and respect or like the dynamic of of the man going out and working and the woman like creating being creative or like it doesn't have to look all black and white i think people immediately just think like separate wives Mm -hmm. or like 50s Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. that one size so it's why everyone's like oh i've seen mad men i know it that's the dynamic but it's not like it wasn't always that it's not always that dynamic of um the men going out and like fucking around and then the women being at home and just being like i hate my life like there was there were roles and there were clear roles that people committed to and there was freedom there's so much freedom and commitment so by no means are we pushing this agenda of like stepford wives let's go but like but it doesn't it doesn't look like does that masculine and feminine smile it doesn't look like that and even like you're saying when the roles interchange there's been times when i'll go out and i'll be having like a very masculine week as far as work goes and michael is at home cleaning and cooking and again it's not in the action mm-hmm. it's in the how can i support my partner well how can i create this place of peace when my partner is out there doing things in the world mm-hmm. um so yeah i, I just want to emphasize so much that is not in the action it's just in the balance and mm-hmm. so in those times when i'm in my masculine and i come home and we're able to eat a meal together and able to have a clean home together and we switch those roles there is still that harmony and sometimes mm-hmm. we just flip and that it's okay to switch the roles it's okay right yeah because the the like one with women in our cycles is different times of the month we actually do feel more masculine right it's in between that bleeding and the ovulation where we have all this extra energy we have like i really feel myself i'm like i want to go fucking like just like hit the pavement i'm gonna go you know and then it's like okay well now i'm coming into you know my cycle and now i need to like just really hermit mode more i need to sleep in a little bit i need to take care of my body and this is all okay we're not meant to override these systems our society doesn't allow us to do that or give us a lot of grace to do that that's another programming that we are look down upon that or men think it's gross and or she's just we need pmsing like and not understanding the dynamics and the flow that happens in the body so actually what happens with that because it's not being honored by by men and women alike obviously a little bit more of women because it happens in our bodies Mm -hmm. is that then that's why pms endometriosis all these different things have actually manifested louder because it's uh decades and decades and decades and decades of not honoring the system and once we honor the system those things that we've actually in the programming agreed upon that that happens yeah so that's why it's manifested even more 
that those things actually innately aren't supposed to happen like that. Holy shit, that makes so much sense. But we're going against the flow of our natural flow. That's going against your feminine flow. Yes. So also a spiritual teacher, Carolyn Miss, who I love more than anything, I love her teaching. She talks about in this, in the rise of the feminine going out, let's say into the workforce or being more in their masculine and men going more into their feminine and not being properly balanced and out of these toxicities that that's why for men prostate cancer has became on the rise and for women breast cancer and um, cervical cancer and stuff has actually manifested bigger is because of the disconnection to our innate energies absolutely when your body is in resistance to things that will come up like that like i i full wholeheartedly believe that our bodies are so intelligent so, so intelligent like that just makes so much sense all these extreme things that happen for women in their periods and just because it's decades of us fighting our body is like i'm fucking tired i'm bleeding from the inside out can you just sit the fuck down yeah i remember a couple of years ago i lived in seattle and i lived in this house full of i would say these women were way more involved than i, than I was and they were definitely all in their feminine like very much so we even had a man living with us that was so i'd never met a femme man before in that way that was very like honoring of women around him and also it was it was really like because I came from the idea that everything had to fit in um in titles or not titles and um what am I thinking of like everything had to identify as a certain way Mm -hmm. so I'd never met a man who was just feminine who also was was not necessarily gay or or whatever like it just like anyways I was like caught up on terms then Mm -hmm. not anymore but I was living in this room, this house of like, there was like six of us and I was very in my masculine. I came, like, I come in with this like really burly energy and I'm just like, Hey, like, let me know if I got to do the dishes or cook. Like what, like, just like everything is fast. And I was coming from New York and I went to Seattle and I was working four jobs, like doing, 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 hitting the pavement. And there was one day I came home and the mother of the house was laying on the couch and I was like, are you okay? And she goes, I'm bleeding. And I was like, what the fuck i was like i'm on my period too i just work four jobs are you yeah. fucking kidding me right now and like she just lost her job or something so i judged the fuck out of her. Mm-hmm. i was so like i'm in my masculine just talk. like i'm just like i was so angry but lately this year and my this was like five years ago this is the first year in my life where i understand that like i go through periods where i'll like weight lift really heavy and work out like a crazy person and nowadays when i get my period I now have the worst cramps that I've ever had in my life on that first day. I've mm-hmm. never had that before. And from listening to you talk about this evolution, I feel like my body is like, yeah, bitch, sit the fuck down, yeah. lay honor down, yourself. honor yourself, be tired. You're exhausted. Like, yeah, and so, <laughs> so we fight that all the time because there isn't really space in our society to be like There's no space one week a month. We have this really insane thing that happens yeah. that is there because we produce children out of our womb yeah. and it's just ignored and people yeah. are like, that's disgusting. We and it's it. looked as, as weak. <laughs> yeah. Like the most powerful fucking thing on the planet. We have now been programmed that it's weak and that it's disgusting it- and that it's annoying Oh like gosh. even period commercials are like, oh, you mean, like period. And it's like, we just have to, you know, and it's like, actually it's the most powerful time. We're so fucking powerful. I've now, and I've talked about in past episodes, I do a ritual every period. I put my blood all over me. I put on shamanic drumming music ah. and I get really fucking tribal and I connect with my blood 
and I put my blood in my plants. I'll show you the two plants in my house that are thriving beyond belief because they both receive my blood now. That is so cool. And I honor that process. I look at my calendar. So when I'm scheduling things, I actually will like it's I say, um, I'm gonna have someone on my podcast. I, I don't do it on the days I'm bleeding. Like when mm-hmm. I, the first two days I'll schedule around it or mm-hmm. even the day before, because I'm just kind of like a little tweaky, you know, totally. and those first two days of bleeding are your, your most powerful and your most intuitive and your most aligned and your most connected to source. So those times you should be sitting in a more of like hermit state and connecting and reflecting and going into what do you want? What do you need? I really believe that when during PMS time, when those things come up to the surface that are cringy and make your skin crawl, or you're just so annoyed with something about a job or a partner or a thing. And they, if you look at, they might come back every month around that time. And I think we've like brushed them off in the past of like, those are just, oh, it's just PMS. I'm just mad because I'm PMS instead of looking at it. Like, no, they keep coming to the surface because they need to be addressed and cleared. What a disservice we or like study does to be like, oh, are you PMSing? Oh, is that PMS? Like, it's not a real thing because you're right. Like that those things wouldn't surface unless they were within you. Mm-hmm. It's not like randomly a fly lands on your face and you're angry. Like it just, it doesn't, it it's, doesn't. No, you're absolutely it's right. that something's out of balance. Something's not right. Yeah. And going back to our original conversation when you walked in the door here is about the overriding the system. And how much we've, as a society, as male, female, it doesn't even matter here of this energetic, specific, masculine, feminine. It's how much we've had to put ourselves in places and override our over innate system, override what our body's telling us, override what our body's needing in that moment, overriding when sleep is needing to be had, when relaxation is needing to be had, when a situation or a job is actually not a proper environment to be in it's toxic to our body it's our bodies are trying to tell us hey we don't like being here hey this isn't an alignment hey you've outgrown this space hey this is like just a really i don't like doing this work it's too hard on my body mm-hmm. and we override 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 and to help the overriding process is we drink we smoke we check out yeah because we're not listening to our innate being and then guess what happens over time You get a fucking illness that you don't know where it came from. Well, I know exactly where it came from. Absolutely. You get, you break your leg. You get in a horrible car crash. You do something that spirit then does something to you that's over the fucking top that actually didn't need to happen. Yeah. Because you're not fucking listening. And then there's the people that get it and wake up and they're like, oh shit, I need to listen. Yeah. I need to restructure life. And then there's the people that still override that. I'm just going to drink more and check the fuck out. I'm just going to smoke or weed and check the fuck out. I'm going to do more drugs and check the fuck out. Instead of like, no, you, your body's trying to give you a fucking message that you're not listening to. You have this epic tool that's yeah. Just giving you all the things when you, if you just take that moment to listen and you're abusing it over Mm -hmm. and over, you're abusing this vessel that you live in Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And not even like with in the physical ways of you're saying like abusing with alcoholism or whatever it is, but you're just, you're just, Imagine if you manifested that outside of your body and if you treated someone else how you treat your insides. 
as far as like how, how you eat, how you talk to yourself, or if you talk to someone else, the way that you talk to yourself, or if you like ignore that, like what happens, what happens if that is manifested into a child, what happens to a child? If you treat a child, the way that you treat yourself mm-hmm. or the way you don't listen, all those things. Yeah. That's, that's awful. You now <laughs> have this horrible awful. child that's in therapy right. for the rest of its that's life and so, turning into yeah. a drug addict and then or doing... is a psychopath or a mm-hmm. sociopath because they weren't given any love mm-hmm. because then they, they, you know, they so, <laughs> you've just made your own self a yeah. sociopath and a psychopath because you're not giving yourself enough love you're not honoring yourself and like I was saying there's that one that one quote or meme or whatever it is of like I'm about not doing one more thing in this lifetime that's going to insult your spirit and I'm really living by that and it, it it really is a hard thing to start stepping into that place because old me and new me and what's expected of me and how the society is run and I don't want to you know be a freeloader feeling and I don't want to be a loser and I'm, I'm really trying to like, how do I honor me, but live, especially in Los Angeles in this apartment, you know, but how do I, how do I do both? How do I continue to manifest both? How do I unplug from these programs and honor me and live authentically to what my spirit and my innate being wants? And it's Mm -hmm. been a dance because I'm being pulled and I, I I don't have my tolerance is zero at this point for stuff that insults my soul. It's at zero. I have, I, I, my threshold is so to nothing that I can't even sit in an environment longer than a couple minutes. If it's not nourishing to my spirit. And you shouldn't, you shouldn't. Right. I think that's just what it is. Like at a point, you really shouldn't. Cause then how, how do you like pay for that at the end of the day? Your soul pays for it. Right. So those (laughs) things might pay the bills. But it's not feeding my spirit. Yeah. I think I, I also too like getting to the point where you don't want to do things in a soul. Your soul is such a it is such a daunting journey because of the things that we talked about in the beginning, as far as like leaving communities and mourning the loss of communities and really taking that journey alone. Like you always in growth are hitting these points of uncomfortable, just like gut-wrenching, like not even not soul crushing, but it it is like peeling away like fucking tar going through those things and it's so uncomfortable so like i feel like nine out of ten people are not gonna want to do that they're not gonna it's like i can barely everyone's saying take a fucking cold shower spend 11 minutes in cold water reek and i'm like i don't every day i think about that i'm like i should turn and i'm like i don't want to be in the cold water i don't want to cold water to me is hell it's awful i want lava i want lava every time i shower i don't want to take away the one thing Mm -hmm. that brings me joy and i love my shower i have a fucking rain the waterfall shower why would i take that joy i tried it one time yeah actually twice i tried the cold water thing and i get it but with all the other work that I do in my life, eventually I'll fucking do it. Maybe a year know. from now we'll have this podcast. Maybe. And we're like, so we regularly take cold, cold showers. showers and so we really uh, recommend cold showers. Yeah, so when cubes, you get in. With rose petals. Yeah. Oh, ice cubes. I know. <laughs> but like not everyone. That's just a, that's an, an outside physical manifestation of the work that people don't want to do on the inside. Shadow work is hard. Dealing with it's your hard. inner child is hard. It's very scary. It's very vulnerable. And if you don't have a community of people around you to support you in that, holy fuck, is it awful. And tools. tools I mean, I had to walk through so much of this shit alone. I've had community, but also 
I really never had money for therapists or whatever. So for most of my life, I've had to like really fucking chip at the paint by myself. Mm. And it's been fucking gnarly because it's like I've just been like the blind leading the blind over here. Like we don't know and we can't afford someone to help us. So we're just like sink or fucking swim, like figure it the fuck out. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why I've been so in I'm being certified in a new modality that's going to be fucking gorgeous. And I can't wait to share it with everyone and going on the path of healing and the different things I'm doing to and bringing my stories and my experiences to things like the podcast and um, that I'll be bringing more to social media this coming year is to give this out there of like what I had to just kind of endure like on my own to give back or give a space in place another space in place because we can't have too many spaces and places for to help people walk through this process because what we were talking about also earlier is on January 1st is I'm going to be three years sober and that looked like a difficult thing on so many levels when spirit told me to step onto this path. And luckily for me, the pandemic happened. So I wasn't in the beginning months really like I wasn't a tempted by anything. Mm -hmm. So I got to kind of go into it with like, there's no social events, nothing's really going on. I'm like, no one's drinking some amazing fucking wine around me that I need to try. And, but what, the layers that have peeled off in these three years and this journey that looked hard and the lows that I went to and the dark, dark, dark nights of the souls that I traveled through. And as hard as it was, I do have to say coming to where I'm at now and it's always a journey and there'll be other dark and things, but I feel like I'm, I'm on the other side of the forest. Right. And I'm coming out of the, the thick brush and it's so fucking worth it. And that's what I think we also need to hammer in is that, yes, it looks daunting. Yes, it looks scary. But when you get through it, Mm -hmm. I would do it all over again to be where I'm at now because I don't need substance to help me navigate this planet. Yeah. And that's a really cool fucking place to be. Like, I want to be present and aware and awake for all the things yeah and like you just you get so much more out of the nectar of life by just by have by being able to do that Mm -hmm. by being able to to be and enjoy everything that's happening around you because you are present and you have the tools to do that because you've been through it I think that you are just like such a powerful force and you have the gifts that you do because you had to figure it all out on your own in a way. So you have, I feel like you have so many connections to these other worlds that I can't even fathom, but because, because you were given the cards that you were given in the sense of like, you had to be connected mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Trusting on the deepest level. Yeah. Even when I wasn't trusting on the deepest level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even I was tantruming on the deepest level, right? <laughs> Just like spreading your blood and you're like, something, but it's also like the, and, and so I feel like that's that, like, that's really encouraging across the board. Like you were so tapped in. I wish, I hope that people feel your presence through the, the thing, but, um, on every aspect of it like even if you if if you know people do have the money to go to therapy therapy is also like that you're also dealing with other humans 
like you, I feel like there's, there's a benefit to having to sit with yourself and tap into the energies around you because that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you like therapists is there going to therapy is like dating. You deal with a lot of people who are also in their own program. Yeah. like, holy shit. I've been going to therapy for a couple of years and it took me a couple of therapists to find the one I have now, but I did do this, like this healing modality with this woman. She was an acting coach and she taught, she deals a lot with shadow work. And mm -hmm. so we did a lots of, we did this crate. You're, you stand in the middle of the room and you do these pelvic thrusts and you push things away. You push things away. You bring up all this stuff. And after that session, I was a wounded, like I was so open in a way that I was, I did not have the tools to navigate it. And that was very rough. Mm. And I would never wish that on anyone. I would never recommend it for anyone. Mm -hmm. So like with that, working with people who don't necessarily have the tools to guide you through something like that, mm -hmm. or working with people who just like think that they, they can be your therapist in a moment when they're not trained at it is also, it's awful. Mm -hmm. I, it was like, oh my gosh, I was, I was like sobbing for days and I'm not, I, I am down with the emotions, but like in a way that I wasn't ready to like hate my mom out of nowhere. I like right. walked into a session, loving my mom and being cool with what our relationship is. And then my mom's a fucking angel. And I walked to that session being like, <gasps> like, like, just like, you know, so it it's just all of that to say, like wherever anyone is in their life, whether you are going to therapy, you're not going to therapy, you're going to the deep dives or whatever. Like it's important having those communities around you. And it's also just know that it, all of the healing is accessible mm -hmm. the tools are there if you listen the support is there if you listen mm -hmm. and if you're open to it so it's just important to do it because of what you're saying when you come out of that brush it is like you cannot you can't believe that you lived life a different way i can't believe the things that i was okay with and said yes to while i was in my wounded aspects and under the influence of chemicals because I look back at that now and it makes my skin crawl. Mm. Like I wouldn't there. It's like I'm speechless because I, there's no way I could say yes to those things right now and environments and people and be treated the ways that I allowed myself to be treated. And I just drank it to be okay. And that's so fucked up mm. because it everything's for everything and it's all part of the journey but wow when I look back I'm like who was that person and it there's there's some shame there and there's some grief there because I'm like I put myself through so much added shit but I didn't have tools and it was part of my journey and I'm turning back to teach and hold space and help people walk through right so it is on purpose mm -hmm. but to take the human moment and the humanness of it and to just really look at it and not from a spiritual aspect of just watching this girl on the planet. I'm like, fuck, I wouldn't have had sex with half the people I had sex I with. Was, my brain immediately went to like the things that were inside me. Absolutely not. Done the things <laughs> that I've done, allowed myself to be environments. I, you know, I probably wouldn't even have waited tables as long as I did because it's such, and I'm going to do a whole episode of that. It's such a toxic fucking environment. Yeah. Waiting the restaurant world is one of the most toxic environments. And I just, I mean, that's probably why once I quit drinking, I couldn't no longer hold that job because I couldn't block out the energy anymore yeah. and be okay with being treated from the people I worked with or the customers that I was literally nothing or I was never good enough. Yeah. It is really why I worked in hospitality for a while too, like nightlife stuff. And I had never 
I was always treated bottom of the barrel because of dance. Like that's just kind of mm-hmm. how it happens out here. But in hospitality, I remember calling my mom at one point and I was shocked by the way people would talk to me or treat me no matter where, no matter how, no matter how I stood in my power confidently. And my mom coming from the generation, the boomer generation that she did, it was the first time that her and Abel, I were able to connect in the feminine and her to kind of talk through what it was like her rising to the top of where she is. But it is just like this incestuous, like, I don't even want to say like, like old, old way of thinking. It's just like, it's very in the grit way of thinking. It's patriarchal. Oh, to the max. It's, It's disgusting. And that job interview I went to, thinking that maybe so I could just build a little back in my bank account. I was like, no, okay. It's been like a year and some time I can go back in that environment. I think I'm healed enough and I've worked through enough and I'm a different person now. So I can go at it at a different angle. I can go back in like, you know, being this like, you know, evolved human now. (laughs) Holy shit. Just walking into that restaurant and sitting there for 10, 15 minutes and having being thrown. And then I was just like, where am I? What did I do? I get what it, I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. What is this place? What is this environment? What are these people doing? Like, did I go back in time somewhere? Like, how are people still treating people like this? Right. Spiritual gaslighting. Why are they not more evolved? Have they not done the work? I thought we were, were all past We were all passive. We've all moved on. <laughs> yeah. No, the story for another, we could go in on the hospitality industry because I really don't know how, how it's going to change too. Like, it's it's how I feel about like the dance world and how I feel about um and we will hospitality like it it I feel like it is always just gonna stay in this cyclical venomous like just mm-hmm. pit of hell mm-hmm. and I don't know how it's gonna change I don't know if it can unless it's a structure that just gets d- dismantled and people just stop kind of like going out to eat <laughs> which essentially <laughs> Josh X talks about this you shouldn't let anyone else prepare your food anyway, unless they're in the right vibration. Ooh. So actually on Dolores Cannon's Facebook page, someone had tweeted that they like reposted about like people in the restaurant industry that are angry and that they're like making and preparing your food and about the energy that's going in it. And I was like, well, working in the restaurant industry for 26 plus years, everyone hates their fucking job. So when you're going out to eat and these people are hating their fucking job and everyone's mad at everyone and the servers walk in and they bitch the minute they get there, they're talking shit about a customer over here. They're talking shit about their boss over here. The kitchen's fighting. The kitchen hate the servers. The servers hate the kitchens. The kitchen staff's underpaid, working too long. It's fucking hot. It's this, it's that, da, 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 da. Everyone's fucking angry and they're serving your food (laughs) and they're making your food. Uh, Fuck you. Fuck that customer. All of that energy is going into what then you take and you think you have this fucking five-star Michelin blah, blah, blah plate of who the fuck knows what, you know, with your microgreens and you ingest that. (laughs) You are taking in all of this fucking energy, dude. Oh my God, I've never thought of this. Just cancel out the microgreens at that point. Might (laughs) as well just go to McDonald's because fuck. Wow. Mm -hmm. Never thought about that. Yeah. It's a real thing. And now it will be the only thing I think about. Mm-hmm. Whenever I- so sometimes I actually like, because I really want to have 
some certain food, I, I will actually like bless it. And I'll just be like, thank you to everyone that made it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Whatever. Sorry if anyone's having a bad day. Like <laughs> I went to tender greens one night to get some food and this guy's yelling at this girl and she's literally, and I'm watching this and she's picking up my thing to put it in my to-go bag. And I'm like, Oh, he's yelling at her. She hates her job. She's super angry. And I'm watching her touch my food right now. And I'm watching her be mad. And I came home and I was like, fucking thank you. Did some light language over it. Like just really pulled the crystals out. Yeah. I just like, she has like take out my bowl. Yeah. Yeah. The bowls bowls around your bowls. Yeah. Just like real. I was like, fuck. Cause once you know, you know, and then there's no going back. And it's like, just even you know, the restaurants that I worked at, like thinking of how mad people were on the energy exchange and how mad I was. <laughs> totally. Just, now it brings a whole nother level. Like I do always bless the food when recently just to like be thankful that we have fucking food. Right. But yeah, now it's going to go a deeper level. If I'm out and about, just like, please bless the person who made this and yeah. find some joy in their life today. Like, <laughs> so yeah, this guy, Josh X, he's like extreme. He won't let anyone prepare his food. Maybe his wife, cause she's on his level and yeah. they're in their things together. But he's like, no, I am. No one's putting fucking energy in my food. Wow. No one's touching what's being put in my body. Cause he honors this vessel on the deepest fucking level. That is next level. It's next level. So for episode two, we'll be talking about hospitality and how to prep your food. <laughs> actually, we are. We're going to do a yeah. whole one on that. We definitely are because people oh. actually really need to know. I don't think people get the hospitality industry. They don't get what servers go through. They don't get what happens behind the scenes unless you worked it. They just, you know, just the whole thing. It's but- why like just to just to put a almost cap on it when it comes to like tipping and stuff and conversations I have with people and tipping and people who have never worked in the hospitality industry and they're just like no this person didn't you know do yeah. this one thing they so said this word wrong totally like you yeah let's dive into that because it's an episode I want to do especially after what I experienced and I'm I'm just I made a hard I'm done with that industry I'm it's not an option for me anymore in this lifetime even to get some holiday money you know it's we're done and since I made that, that, that was very clear from spirit shown to me, I actually want to do an expose, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I just, there's a lot that I actually have to say about it and what I endured as a human being and a woman, but even just as a human being, being in that industry for so long. Yeah, we'll go in. We're going to go in. Yeah. Well, you need to go. <laughs> Do your content creating for the day. Yeah. I actually have to pee. Same. Great. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Usually we can do this for like six hours, but Pretty we're much. sparing you. We're sparing you from what that is. This is yeah. the small doses. <laughs> yeah. Be like this is episode part one of many. Yeah. Where we come back and just. Pff. Yeah. That's what we do here on the Creatrix Culture Podcast yeah yeah thank you thank you all for watching and listening we'll talk with you again soon and thank you for coming on love you love you (laughs) bye bye